He's back. We've got Jeff Taylor back, our resident blasting expert from Blast One. Last time, he spoke of the different media used in blasting, their pros and cons. We ended with the secret formula to CFM and room size. Well, I had some more questions about that. We also dig a little deeper into GMA's Garnet product line with Blast One. And finally, how deciphering rest quality first and what it could mean for you before you send out that next resto quote. Now, to get things going, we start off with the bathroom joke and the proper use of Zoom backgrounds at the office. Never mind the noise in the background, that's just productivity as Ross finishes building his big 20-foot oven. Let's get ready to level up your powder coater game. Do you want to do you want to put your screen back up because the the bathroom sign is oh yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay hang on let me let me get my virtual background somebody going. walking around with toilet is paper that, on I there. was i was i um there you go i didn't even see that see that this was on the podcast last time it was what my i was i didn't even see there was a video to it i guess i didn't click on the right link well I just heard it. the mp3 but then if you go to the youtube channel it's oh, on there okay i can't you know it, i have a i think i it might be up there actually it, as a video i'm still learning podcasting yeah not sure and i have it all I didn't together spend much yet time but, on it. okay uh but happy that okay so uh hey guess what we've got Jeff Taylor back again. Um, I loved hearing what he had to say so much that uh, we decided to come back sooner than later and talk about a lot of different things this time. We're gonna get a little deeper into, we're gonna review the secret formula uh, just briefly and uh, to clarify some things. And then we're gonna get into uh, the Garnet again and talk about some of the more benefits of Garnet and then the last thing we're going to talk about today, and you definitely want to hang on to this, is uh, if we're going to talk about the grades of rust decay and what it means for you in terms of costing and estimating, because it seems like the different grades um, can translate into more work, right, in restoration and stuff. So back again, we have Jeff Taylor. I'm so happy he's on the show. Thanks for coming back, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Uh, so let's get into the uh, the formula, the secret formula that you left us, because Ross and I had some questions about it. We have a 10 by 20 uh, room. It's enclosed 100 percent. It's not outdoors. And we kind of figured out that we might be a little under the requirements for safety. Okay. So we're, we plugged in the formula and there was some confusion about what the 80 versus the 100. Sure. And let me get that, I'm gonna share my screen and 
I am going to, oh, that's, is that it? Yeah. I'm going to share my screen because this is the page that we referenced. Can you see that? Yes. Okay. So this was what we referenced this link in your, in the episode. And if I, I didn't, I, I listened to this, but it, I found this easier to read through. And obviously when they're calling for under ventilation requirements, they're calling for a non-hazardous dust. Okay. That's like something like garnet, right? Yeah. So, um, at, at blast one, we have a team, we, our, our company, I'm going to touch on this really quickly, just because if anyone wants to inquire at blast one on, on, um, blast booth help, we have a division within blast one that looks after, um, paint booths and blast booths and, and can drill into the engineering side, which this is really in detail on specifications, what they are and why they are. But for a, qu a quick reference, mm -hmm. um, this is a great thing to look at. Um, we even go as low as um, plugging in 60 to this formula if you're using a very low dusting abrasive like um, garnet when it's properly tuned in and properly being used. Um, you can get away with a, a, a slightly different formula, but a really good standard, which is highlighted here for horizontal air movement on non-hazardous non is taking this, for instance, um, an area length and width times 80 and that will give you the necessary air changes per minute of horizontal air movement in a in a non-hazardous dusty environment you want to have at least 80 feet of um right air so, per minute move. but uh, so what they're calling 100 feet per minute hazardous dust that would be like your coal slag that's what they're well no hazardous dust would be like lead if you're doing a lead oh. abatement or you know any type of hazardous environment um or yeah hazardous environment if you're if you're using a, a something that is above your permissible exposure limits right. like if you had heavy beryllium or um you would want to speed up the amount of air moving through there so yeah um, that makes sense it's very simple but then it can be still kind of ambiguous a little bit because we were kind of playing around with this formula and so we came up with, uh, we have a 10 by 20, right? Yep. So 10 times 20 yep. times uh, 80 yep. is 16,000 CFM yep. that we would need in yep. a dust collector. Yep. And if we went with the 60, which, you know, it kind of can float between 60 and 80, depending on what yep. you're blasting. Um, 10 by 20, 10 times 20 times 60 is more or less 12,000 CFM. So that's, we want to find equipment that can push that kind of air through. Yeah. So I always tend to say, this is kind of a interesting topic because there's a lot of money involved in this type of equipment. So I yeah. always want to err on the side of grace in a sense that if you if you say, okay, worst case scenario, um, 100, you're, you're going to upsize your, your, your dust collector. You're going to have a lot of air changes and a lot of air movement in that booth. It's going to be your band. You open your bandwidth. You're like, look, I'm comfortable doing lead jobs. I'm comfortable doing anything in this classroom, but for a sake of budgetary numbers. And, um, there is a, there's a huge, uh, cost difference from, 
from a 24,000 CFM dust collector to a 12,000 CFM dust collector. So you gotta look at that as well. So you can't always afford the, the biggest, the best, the baddest, but um, if you had a hundred feet, you know, if you went by the horizontal air movement um, using um, the 100, that's gonna be worst case scenario. That's gonna, that's gonna you'll always have enough air for that room. Um, but if you're using, you can get away with going as low as 60 if you're in a environment where you have a very low dusting abrasive or you're working on a project that's low dusting, um, you could probably go down as low as 60 on, on your mm -hmm. uh, air movement and still have the necessary uh, airflow. Well, I think the thing with, you know, and, and the podcast obviously is two powder coders that are scaling their business and just getting into it or maybe have been around for a while, but need to invest in some more equipment, but don't know what they need or how, how to get it is, you know, it's good to do these formulas because it helps you a one plan for upgrading your equipment when, when the time comes or when the money comes. Um, and secondly, I, 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 I don't know this for sure, but I'm gonna assume because we were underrated with our CFMs, when we plugged in this formula, it kind of shocked us a little bit because we realized that we really were, we're sort of under, uh, we're definitely under. Um, and it concerned me because I think a lot of powder coders may be under as well. And it's always something to address because, you know, you're trying to start this business or scale this business and there's only so much money and you're just trying to get, you have to have all of these things. You have to have a strip tank. You have to have, um, uh, you know, in order to have an effective operation, you need to have the blasting kind of sorted out. You need to have your, your gun is expensive. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of expensive equipment for what we do. And, um, it's not just a matter matter of just having it there or there or there, just like I got it. You know, it's 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 also the quality or making sure that nobody's getting sick on the job. Nobody wants that, um, and everybody stays healthy and and safe too. So it's good that we're just kind of briefly touching on it. I think this is good enough. It, was there anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think that I think that that's good. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so moving on, we're gonna move on to, first I wanna reference uh, this blasting. This was the GMA um, blasting download that I recommended everybody get just to have on hand as a sort of a reference guide. Um, of course, you know, full disclosure, we use the GMA Garnet, but I really like this. It's so simple and the way they broke it down here, it's very easy to read. It's not cumbersome. And on this page three, this is what we referenced that day, uh, our previous podcast. This is pretty much what we were going off of. Um, and it's a very helpful guide uh, and it covers pretty much everything. So if you get this guide and you listen along to the previous podcast, which was episode 14, the first time we had Jeff Taylor on, this is what we were referencing here and stuff. So I'll put a link in the, uh, uh, it, to get the guide, I'll put the link in this episode as well. And um, it just, it's very simple and easy to understand. Uh, now we're gonna move on to 
that kind of getting a little deeper into the garnet uh, abrasive blasting buying guide. So I'm going to let you run with this, Jeff, because you this is your this is your wheelhouse here. Okay, sure. Um, so when when selecting an abrasive, you take uh, you take a lot of things into consideration, um, and this is probably more industry related. You're not doing concrete and powder, you know, and powder coating. So to to stick to the, if you're doing aluminum or stainless steel or um, carbon steel, that will have a lot to do with what abrasive you select. If you're removing a coating, um, if you're looking at, and we're going to get in the, into this in our next segment, which is your grade of rust, your class of blast, that will help you also um, guide you in how you want to select your abrasive. And then dusting requirement, you know, the environment you're working in. So um, we are a big supporter of uh, Garnet and GMA Garnet. And we find that to be an excellent abrasive for the industry, especially the powder coating industry, because it is a very effective, high performance abrasive. Um, it's a low dusting of abrasive. It's environmentally friendly, so it's easy to dispose of, or even um, there are some programs um, through GMA where we can take it back if you're close enough to a plant and, uh, and take it off of your hands for very little cost or no cost. So, um, if if you're following around along to the previous chart, it highlighted all the advantages to garnet, um, and then it and then again here we we highlight some of the advantages. You're usually going to see a much faster production rate, especially on mill scale and rust. There's really no no faster abrasive when it comes to mill scale than garnet, and you see a lot of that with carbon steel and and in the powder coating industry. So. Um, you're going to get a much higher production out of GMA garnet as well as lower consumption and your that will drive down your overall cost per square foot to blast. So um, if you look at another thing that GMA has done and working with last one is create blends. We know that oh. coarse abrasive cuts real well and gives you anchor profile real well. It, it's very good for removing, let's say you have a very thick coating you're trying to get off. You want a very coarse abrasive. But coarse abrasives don't work as well on cleaning side. So when it comes to cleaning your steel, like mill scale and, and corrosion and pitting, you want a finer abrasive. Um, that's going to give you more impacts per second. It's going to get into the into all the corrosion in the steel, into the pockets, and really clean it. So you're getting more abrasive impacting the surface um, per second. So a fine abrasive is great for cleaning. A coarse abrasive is great for cutting. What we've done is we've taken coarse and fine abrasive and we blend it at specific ratios. That's when you, you get into your new, your new your, uh, GMA New Steel, your GMA GX1, GX2, and GX3 abrasives. And um, we can dig into how you would select that, those abrasives and how, how well they work in each, how you would select them. You know, that's interesting. I didn't know that they had that. And what's the cost comparison with the blends versus just, um, just all garnet. So they, they range. Um, each product ranges. Even that, that holds true with coarse and fine. You know, normally you'll find that your coarser abrasives are more expensive than your finer abrasives. So it, the same holds true when you look at the, um, the blends. The more coarse you have in the blend, the higher cost it is. So, um, sorry, are you, hearing, are, you, are you hearing any background noise? I uh, just I, a tad bit. Sorry, 
sorry. On my my guys are, he's replacing the wheels on the rack right now uh, to quieter ones. But okay. he's yeah. making noise doing it. So sorry, I didn't mean to disrupt, but that's what's happening if you hear it. Yeah, it's um, not too, it's not, okay, I good. can't really hear much of it on this end. Um, well, that's cool. Okay, so, uh, and then what's this speed blast? What's, is there something different here with this one versus the other one? The new yeah, steam? so, um, yep. So if you scroll back up to, we'll start on new steel and then we'll go through. So looking at your new steel garnet, it's ideal for um, new steel and okay. low profile. Um, so most, most uh, coatings have a specification that is, it tells you what the class and cleanliness of blast should be and what anchor profile you need. So that's another way you determine what, what abrasive to use is how, what anchor profile is needed and what class of blast is needed. So um, the GMA new steel is, is exactly what it says it is. It's fantastic for new steel. It works mm -hmm. very, very well on um, mill scale and corrosion and any new construction blasting with light rust removal and mill scale removal and preparation for powder coating and whip blasting. This is an ideal abrasive for that. You can crank your pressure up, tune your metering valves down and just get so much production done using very little abrasive with the new steel. So this is fantastic on your newer construction jobs. That's awesome. Okay. And then now down here you have GX1 speed yep. blast. Yep. So th this is a blend of abrasives. Um, it's a blend of your uh, finer abrasive with the coarser abrasive. This is a 3060 blended with an 80. And this is ideal for um, general industrial maintenance blasting, light coating removal, where you are constantly changing what are you what what you are blasting from mill scale to coating removal, on-site maintenance, and pipeline. So this is a versatile abrasive. It's a little bit more aggressive than your 80 mesh. So it'll get light coating removal up to 10 to 12 mils, um, a little higher anchor profile. So if you need a little higher anchor profile than you would um, with the new steel, new steel is generally between a one to two anchor profile. This will give you between uh, um, a 1.5 and 2.5 anchor profile. So sorry about that. I took a phone call and uh, had to um, get interrupted. But in the meantime, we kind of talked about uh, some of the history of uh, Garnet, where it comes from. And uh, Jeff, you want to just continue with that? Sure, absolutely. Um, GMA Garnet is an alluvial Australian Garnet. There's um, in, in Australia, there's there's only a few really good garnet mine sources in the world, and GMA owns um, the majority of them. Uh, the original Australian alluvial garnets um, out of Australia and New Zealand, there's a mine in Australia, GMA owns it, and um, it is one of, the one of the best sources for garnet in the world. Um, and then we also have a good mine in South Africa making and producing an alluvial garnet. And we also have a mine in Montana, which is producing a crushed garnet. So um, when you look at GMA, you got GMA United States, America, you got GMA um, Australia. And America, 
we offer the GX products, which is a blend of the GMA Australian Garnet and the GM uh, the GMA uh, Alluvial Garnet out of South Africa and those two mine sources. We blend it with the Crush Rock out of Montana, and we created our GMAX products. So Aha. when you look at your GMA Tough Blast, your GMA Extreme Blast, and your GMA Premium Blast, that's your GX1, GX2, and GX3. Um, that's where that that you get that. And um, I could really geek out and talk about the difference between crushed and alluvial. Uh, we can get into that at a later time. But if if, if we just want to keep on track with how you would select this abrasive and why and kind of your offerings. I think that might be a good way to, we've gone through your um, new steel and why, and why you would want to select that. We've gone through your GX one and, and why you want to, we want to select that. The GX one is a blend of the um, 3060 alluvial garnet and the 80 alluvial garnet um, combined. The reason you go for that is uh, light coatings, a little more industrial, use in a higher profile right which was popular for the it said on there that it was good for powder coating yep it is yeah. it is excellent excellent for powder coating um if you want to go one step up from there you go into your gx2 your gx2 is a is a, a blended between uh, a blend of 36 and 80 and the reason you want to go with gx2 is if you had a really heavy coating up to about 25 mils thick and um you wanted a higher profile. So if you're ever working on a job where you got a really tough coating that you want to get off up to, let's just say 25 mils thick, this is an excellent abrasive. It's going to help cut that quickly. It's going to get you between a two and a half and three and a half anchor profile. And um, that'll yeah, be that, for your coating removal type. Yeah. And project. that's, uh, it's funny because uh, just before we got on, the phone call I took earlier today was um, a res uh, local guy who restores cars. In fact, he's working on a Bel Air right now. And, um, you know, he wants to bring in these bumpers, but it's like, oh my gosh, he said it's just layer upon layer upon layer of paint and, and stuff. So uh, I'm almost thinking like this GX2, because, you know, I don't want, we, we don't, want to overburden our system either uh and so having a tougher blast that we can actually use on these for these types of clients not everything that comes into our shop needs something as extreme as a gx2 but it's nice to have it on hand uh just so that we can have the confidence to blast through several layers of paint without having to go through the whole dip process or chemical strip process first yeah I think, um, and, and this is all geographic, right? In Hawaii, I think the closest thing to um, GMA, because you, your, your product's probably coming from Australia, and Australia offers, at, this is an American-made product. Uh, the Australian is the alluvial um, premium blast, which would be your 3060, is probably the closest thing to GMA GX2 um, tough blast. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I have to now go back into my invoice now because I, I'm my curiosity is peaked to see what what it is yeah. that we uh, that we bought. Um, but uh, there was something on the uh, this was a long time ago uh, on the group pages in Facebook, and they were talking about ordering 
garnet from China. And I know, doesn't Australia sell to China or does China have its own so, um, garnet? That's a, that's a great point. I, I, I mentioned earlier that there's certain types of garnet and there's only certain, you got river garnet, you got, so there's, there's several mine sources in the world. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's mines throughout India. There's mines throughout China, Mexico, United States, Australia. Um, but what they, makes this more premium, I guess, or better? That's it, a great question. Yeah. It's twofold. One is the source and what it's been through. So the difference, the difference, an, an alluvial garnet is um, great because it's, it's gotten to its size by um, just its, its existence. So it's ge geologically older. Maybe it's been through abrasion through wind, um, through travel across earth, but it's been knocked down and brought to its hardest form. All the, all the impurities and imperfections are knocked off of it. And it's, it's down to its particle size strictly just by existing. And how does, how does it get knocked down? Well, there's wind, there's abrasion and there's water that will, that will clean garnet. Right. So, um, and then there's sources where it's a crushed rock. It's naturally a larger size and it's crushed down into its size. Um, and the disadvantage to having a crushed rock garnet is when you crush something, you create fissures in it and it becomes more friable. Therefore it could be more dusty. You're not going to get as many recycles out of it if you're trying to turn it and recycle it. So an alluvial garnet's, um, the way to go, especially in a recycling environment. Um, what makes yeah. GMA special is its source and okay. how old it is, how long it's been around. And aside from that, the processing, then the plants make GMA very special. They, they put the garnet through several cleaning processes and state-of-the-art plants that remove all the impurities out of the garnet. So you're getting actual garnet and the, the garnet itself has a very high, high hardness um, because of the source. So it's a quality garnet. It's been through a wash plant and a processing plant that gets out all the impurities and just you're paying for actual garnet. You're not getting the contamination. Right. And I don't know what it is about powder coaters. We seem to be bombarded with direct sales from China. I don't know if mm -hmm. it's just that we're Maybe it's happening across all industries, but it just seems like they'll just come out and try to meet you on social media or um, for, for, for everything from like powder coating guns to, you know, garnet and stuff. And I just want to educate powder coaters, you know, like I kind of, it's not that I don't want to work with China. It's just that I, maybe I have a hang up with China. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I just feel like I should be buying American made products or at least uh, products that are derived through American companies and not necessarily just buying China for China's sake sure. because it's cheap or it's this or that because those people are not going to tell you what you just said, right? You know, about how the purity of the garnet that they're getting, they're just trying to sell. I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just getting no. Like, it's too a very it's about a, it. No, it's a very very good point, and there's standards around garnet as well. Here in the states, if you're, we have what's called a mil spec, 
and and our abrasive meets that military spec. And the military has written a spec to ensure the abrasive you're using isn't leaving embedments, isn't le use, leaving impurities. The quality, there's some quality controls around it. You have ISO standards, you have mil specs, you have QPLs. So we, ha we have um, gone above and beyond with our abrasive to ensure that when you're blasting with it, you're blasting with garnet and you don't have a bunch of impurities in it. Impurities are contamination. They stick in the surface and they cause premature coating failures. So garnet isn't garnet isn't garnet one garnet isn't the same as the next and and it's critical because you're at different price points and you got to justify that right so yes. you're looking at these um other garnets imported garnets that who knows where they come from who knows how well they're clean you may be half of your bag may be dust who wants to pay for dust you want to pay for garnet it may be your right. it may they haven't gotten out the impurities so you're paying for impurities um so that's really important with powder coating because, as you know, you have to heat up the metal and it outgasses and stuff. And the, you're putting impurities into the, you're embedding it by blasting it. You're adding to that outgassing. You're adding to that quality uh, issue or quality control. You know, yep, absolutely. Um, and you know, I have to say something because. You know, there's a lot of political stuff out there right now, but and people seem to be challenging America for what it stands for and everything like that. But on a deeper level, like, I don't think the average American understands um, the importance of military grade standards or ASTM standards or OEM standards and what they mean. Even PCI has its powder coating standards. And these, these standards are there for a reason. For one, it's not just a guide, it's to make sure that this is what makes America great. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's because we have these standards in place. We actually had a group of men or women sit down and craft these standards so that the quality that we, you know, it's not just that we're innovative or, or whatever in terms of like what America and what we're producing as manufacturing, it's because we have these standards in place that make, um, you know, that make Garnet and this GX2 or GX1 so vitally important to getting the job done not just getting it done, but getting it done right. Um, yep. And I don't think that China considers that because they're mainly just producing to to give us whatever we need. Yeah, I'm still talking to Jeff. Uh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, so, you know, that's just really good to be talking about this uh, to kind of get that quote out or to get that point across. So let's move on uh, to, what were we moving on to next? We did this one. Surface preparation guides. Uh, this is gonna be talking about the different grades of um, rust. So I'm gonna pause it for just a second because I have a couple of guys in my, in my office right now. So let's just pause for a second, okay? Hold on. Okay. Little note in the corner that just says powder coat finish, but 
color to be determined. TBD. Okay, not AAMA or anything. Okay, I'll take a look. We'll take a look. Yeah. Thank you. And yes. Cindy called, but I haven't gotten back to her yet. So. Yeah, I know. More of a wait line. Oh, good. So, good. Good. probably tomorrow. We'll be bringing it over to Morocco property. I mean, the owner is totally cool. Yeah. It's just, I guess, has something to do with the bonding. So, okay. I haven't, I've, yeah, I've been busy. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Here, here we go. Here we go. I'm sorry. I haven't been here Okay. So, we got. These are all the different single stage bowls. Mm -hmm. So they're more traditional kind of bowl for us to look. Uh, what you're looking at is a transparent, which is those. Mm -hmm. so, so the transparent's a little different. We have to do a, a we do basically a chrome base coat. Mm -hmm. And then I do this is a clear coat. It's got a color color to it, right? A little more because I have to do some color. Yeah, right, or this is a single stage where it's just a yeah. solid color, but it doesn't give you that. It's more like a metallic plate, like yeah. some of the sunlight you see, like sparkle and stuff like that. No, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it says rose gold. Here, you need my glasses. I do. We're both long like this. <laughs> There's rose gold, and then I think there's a rose gold. Too. Okay, so this is candy gold. This is brassy gold. Now this is this is also a really nice gold, but it, these are both very yellow. Yeah. Uh, this Almost is orangey. Transparent brass. This is anodized gold. So this is more of your traditional gold mm -hmm. right here. No, I like this one. This one's a fancy one. Almost like a yellow. This one that that's yellow gold. This is candy gold. Candy gold. Yeah. So okay. this is very similar to the okay. to the other one. Yeah. Okay. So you like that? Yeah. Okay. Let me go through here. And so rose gold is in there. Is it in this? It one? might be on the Is that the architectural? It's on that other one that you. I think it's the architectural one. Yeah, it's that. Probably that one. Here, give it to me. I'll find it faster. This is because it's more on your website. I saw the wheel. I like the color wheel. Which wheel? The rose gold that we get the motorcycle. There's a car wheel. Um, yeah, right there. That's trans copper. Oh, okay. Down there. Uh, that's trans copper, and that's a Columbia coating. Yeah, that's that's a car. That is okay. okay. That's, that's a network. That, yeah, that's totally two different things. Oh, okay. right. So, so, and just so you know, that was a brand new rim. That so if we're restoring, it won't look like that. Okay. It'll look more like. Uh, root beer color. Um, this was brand new for teeny wheels that came out of the box and it didn't last. It's not, it, it, the problem is you need a good uh, surface um, prep mm -hmm. and we just went right over like polished aluminum. Yeah, yeah, right, right, so there's right, nothing right. for it to stick to. That's copper translucent and that's what they did that in. Yeah. That's really orangey compared to there. That's yeah. goldy in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah, it looks different. Okay, so trans this one. So let's write, write this one down. Okay, the sure. Point. Yep. Um, it, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off a bunch of parts and drop them off. You're not, you're not uh, hiding them. No, live there. Nothing. People live there. Nothing. No, okay. okay. Someone said you moved there. You live there. Yeah, I got tired of it. Okay, that's I, cool. I mean, I like mine. So this is a top coat over aluminum. So you know how it's got. It's the same thing with the Bertini with that 
no, trans no, copper. I'm doing, I'm doing these motorcycle parts. Oh, okay. It's, it's going to be a bunch of mostly chrome-plated steel, and then um, okay. and then eventually do some a little bit. But are you okay with it being yellow? Yeah, yeah, I want the yellow set. What I'm looking for is like this blueberry bridle, really big gold flake in it. That's a bit for me. Okay. Um, I was almost thinking, you know, the anodized aluminum, like the front posts of dirt bikes and stuff. Yeah. I think in that, because this bike I just bought a set outside for three years, all the it's pretty much all rust. Okay. So, yeah. so the color varies with thickness. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. So, so we're going to be doing it. It'll probably be more on the yellowy okay. gold side. Okay. That's it what might exactly be a darker. Part. Yeah. It might get darker, especially there, on smaller parts, there, right? There, yeah. They're going to be all small parts. They're all little body parts. Like so, little yeah, you know the stuff I like bring, all the body parts. Yeah. yeah. All the okay. little chrome parts in the body. Not a problem. That'll be a good yeah. color. Okay. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. I'll drop it off next day. Bunch of it. Right. That's okay. I'll put it back. Oh, I got okay. it. I, just, yeah. You want me to write it down for you? Just so I remember. Yes. I'll bring Candy it gold, me. and I'll put prismatic powders. Sorry. I'll friends. go ahead and order it. Uh, how much? Oh, there's a handsome. How many? Oh, well, I got the transparent. That's oh, we have transparent gold. That's it's different. different. But we'll get it. It'll oh, it'll be here in a few days. Yeah, I'll drop off next week when I come to this side. Come over like once a week. Um, there's going to be a box, say a box about this size. Okay. Maybe a couple of long skin stuff. Okay, so pound. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. okay. All right, cool. I'm glad I made the right place. I just, I just Googled it. And I was like, well, let me go by. Did you love it? Hey, Jeff, I'm back. Sorry about that. Probably should have turned off my, I muted my mic, but I. No, didn't. no worries. I muted mine. <laughs> I was just. Ah, okay. And I muted my video. Hang on. Okay, here we go. We're on this page. So we're going to get into, uh, we're going to get into the uh, rust grades now. This is good. This is exciting. I, I like this. So I'm <laughs> a, <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. We were just talking about uh, Garnet um, and reviewing some of the different uh, blends that you guys have, where Garnet comes from, why you want to use or buy from uh, U.S. and uh, Australia um, sources like like the GMA um, and or what uh, Glass One also partners with GMA for. Uh, but now this fascinated me and I thought it was such a great idea to bring it up today, Jeff, because we're going to talk about grades of uh, rust. And, you know, nobody talks about this in powder coating, or at least I haven't found anything. I find it fascinating. I did not know that we had different um, levels or grades of rust. It when you said it, it totally made sense to me that we should. So let's go over the different kinds of grade rust. And we have a visual here. So if you can listen on, um, uh, go ahead. We, we'll put a link into the description here on the podcast uh, for you to follow along with. Uh, it's a great visual that Glass One has come up with uh, to, to, to help you decipher what you're looking at and how bad it is. Because... I think the bottom line, and I'm kind of going to let the punchline go a little bit sooner than we need to, but it's important to know these grades so that you can identify maybe uh, uh, and charge more uh, for the kind of restoration jobs that come through your shop because they they are, um, it, you know, the more severe the rest, the more difficult the project could be 
And knowing the different grades can actually help you when you're estimating, at least consider it when you're estimating it um, so that you're not shorting yourself. So go ahead, Jeff, let's get, let's get into this. Sure. Um, <clears throat> those are all really good points because for instance, if you're looking at a part or blasting something that has a quarter inch coating on it, you're certainly not going to get that off and clean it as well and as easy as you would a piece of new steel or something with a 10 mil coating on it. <clears throat> so you got to take into consideration what is the surface and what is it going to take to clean it? How long is it going to take? How much abrasive it's going to take? So you're going to estimate how many pounds of abrasive you're going to use and how long it's going to take you. Therefore, you can estimate your labor and cost and your abrasive. So when doing that, um, if it's you, you have different grades of rust as well. So if you're looking at steel as a, a new steel project that you're going to take some steel that may have been sitting around the yard, maybe it's fresh off the press, or maybe it's been in service in a, in a sea environment or um, a really corrosive environment, you're going to have different grades of rust. And um, SSPC has what's called visual guides and blast one actually has visual guides. We're happy to um, supply those. Um, but what this guide does is it, it explains and gives you a visual comparator. So you can determine if you're working with a rust grade A, a rust grade B, C, or D. <clears throat> and um, you can also follow along um, and, and get lots of information off of these viz, viz guides on, um, what what class of blast and, and and what grade rust it is and we can go through that now about the differences of each grade of rust so rust grade a is steel with um, the mill scale layer intact and very minor or no rusting so it, it it looks like most of the steel you'll see in a new a new condition is rust grade a <clears throat> very good looking piece of steel very minor or no rusting at all. You get into your rust grade B, um, that's steel with spreading surface rust and the mill scale commencing and flaking. Um, if you look at the picture, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. This, this rust grade is um, something that you would see that you would say, hey, this is pretty rusty. And your mill scale is beginning to build up on it. Uh, rust grade C is completely rusty steel with the mill scale layer flaked or, and loose or lost, but only minor um, occurrence of pitting. And pitting is um, exactly that. It's when the steel begins to pit. <clears throat> a rust grade D is steel with spreading surface rust and the mill scale commits flaking um, considerable pitting. Yeah, see that. Yep. You're not going to bid um, a, a project, a rust grade A. So when you look at the, th these comparators are essential to say, to say, oh man, this is the kind of rust I'm looking at. I know this is probably a no brainer for a lot, but some may maybe have never um, looked at it or taken this into consideration. And um, it's a very good resource, a comparator. So you can help bid your jobs. You're not going to bid something that's a rust grade D the same you would to clean as you would a rust grade A. Yeah, and I um, I was just thinking as you were, you know, it's almost like, can't you do like a, a fingernail test or like a, 
scraper test or take like a, a razor blade. And, you know, because obviously like a grade A isn't really going to show any kind of uh, corrosion or deterioration, but then you start getting into B and C, you're going to start to see a little bit more material coming up if you scratch it either on your fingernail or yeah yeah i mean it's more than just looking for pitting it's also like how much material are you seeing when you're taking that blade and, and the color okay yeah the color so <clears throat> yeah you, you can that's what the comparator will help you determine too and there's different grades i mean you can have pack rust on a on a piece of steel too that's a rust grade b but just pack so it'll it'll jump into a rust grade rust grade d but these visual comparators and just knowing and, and knowing what you're looking at is um uh a great guide right? oh totally yeah I, it should be it'd be nice if you just had this guide either on a you know on a sheet that you could mail out or or something like this is just such a nice visual guide it should yeah. be you know we uh, we have it on our website i think you supplied the link that's right. a free resource these guides uh, um you can't see it but i'm i'm looking at a viz guide in front of me it's one of our sspc they're like two or three hundred dollars um if you contact last one we can get one out to you and um and and uh we can probably get them out to you for no charge yeah, a lot of people work with their hands that, you know, just, I mean, obviously you're around restoration all the time. I mean, it, it, I would imagine most people are pretty familiar. I mean, visually, I see what you're talking about and stuff. Uh, but a lot of times people, you know, are sitting behind a desk. They're not necessarily in the job shop and they need to have like some kind of a guide to go through just to. Um, uh, there a here? No, I need a. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, so I think this is a great way to, is there anything else that we need to talk about? I mean, well, we could just quickly after it, and because it's on these comparator guys is you also, when you look at it, when you're looking at the rust, you got your rust grade A, B, C, and D, and then you got your class of blast, and then you got your, um, profile and, and, and surface. So we could talk briefly about uh, about class of last. <clears throat> yeah, um, let's do that. And that's because, what you mean by NACE. Yeah, so you got like your your you got your class and your cleanliness of blast, which is determined um by the specification, which uh for instance an SP an SS SP seven is a very light whip clean blast removal of loose surface contaminants. Then you got your um, SS, SP, SP, SSPC, SP6, um, which is a substantial blast clean with widespread visible contamination, uh, removal and base metal color. And most commonly in powder coating, you're probably going to be looking at a SSPC, SP10, which is an, an, it's what we consider a near white finish. When you clean the steel, when you, when you clean the steel, the steel is going to be nearly white. You'll have some minor contamination or discoloring, um, but it's less than 30% over each square foot. So um, that would be an SP10. That's a very common surface, surface cleanliness that most people are very comfortable going over. If you want to go one step further, you get 
um, you'll get to an SSPC SP5, which is a complete blast clean. They call it a white finish. It's all white, no visible contamination or uh, coloration. And these viz guides are used to compare the surface and you can see that um, class of blast. You know, yeah, it, it might be good for powder coaters to take pictures of their blasted metal. I mean, when we have <clears throat> like a job come through that is got like a grade D, the customer needs to know, or even a grade C, that we won't know how severe it is, uh, the pitting is until after it's blasted. Yeah. So it's kind of this before and then after, and what happens the after is what can we give to the customer without charging like crazy dollars for uh, for surface build um, through primers and stuff like that, you know? So, uh, you know, we always kind of warn the customer, especially if they pick a smooth powder, um, that when they bring us something that's like, uh, you know, something that's gonna be severely pitted after, and you put a smooth powder on there, you're still gonna see that surface degradation underneath that's not going away. Um, and even if we build it up with primers, it could still, if it's deep enough, it could still pretty much be there. Sure. And as long as we disclose that to them ahead of time, that always seems to kind of like put the, put the uh, customer, at, not necessarily at ease, but at least on notice that, you know, there's only so much that we can promise you brought this in in this condition when you should have brought it to us at much earlier yeah. time and yeah. now you want us to make it brand new and perfect again it's not going to happen that way yeah. right set your set your um realistic expectation yeah exactly so i think it's great now what does the word nace mean i is there a is this an anaphonym or is okay is, so where does that word come from so there's two societies or committees that make up the corrosion world and set like um astm is to testing you got sspc which is a recognized committee and nace which is when it comes to inspection and surface writing surface specifications for coatings in the coatings world um and it's funny that you mentioned that i guess this is a good point nace and sspc um have been kind of competitors in a way of who is the let's just say the gospel when it comes to coatings who is the fact this is how it needs to right. be done well recently they've decided to merge um, nace is more of a global international um, standard that recognize more widespread and sspc is the society um, that was more in the states so now they've merged in in it's all going to be one standard. What that looks like, I don't know what it's going to be called, but NACE has their standards and, and SSPC has their standards. And we've highlight, like you got your NACE 4, your NACE 3, your NACE 2, and NACE number 1. Those are the same as your SSPC 6, 7, 10. And yeah, it's, it's similar to uh, the AAMA is now kind of merging with the uh, FGIA finishing something, I don't know, <laughs> GIA, uh, fenestration and glazers, something or other. So, uh, and it primarily has to 
you know, that the GIA has been like more for windows and door treatments and stuff like that and, and everything setting the standards there, but now they're kind of merging together. So I can see that this is kind of, I can see where this is kind of getting into more of a global spec uh, type world than, you know, which is good. Uh, it makes it easier to communicate, especially when you realize that we're all just kind of, China's trying to sell to us. We're trying to sell to Europe. Europe doesn't want us, whatever, you know, like yeah. the world goes around. It but, makes it easier. There's, it, it, it gets tricky in the coding world, but it'll be a little bit easier because you have one spec, you'll go yeah. by this, this, this writing, this spec, but they're all, they're both very well, well known and well respected, um, councils. Yeah. Um, and, and set basically write the book on what the coding should be prepared to and why, and give coding companies a clear written procedure, standard operating procedure to say, Hey, you need to do this for this to work and get this outcome. So, right. yeah. Yep. Well, this has been great. Uh, again, I didn't, when I had no, I hadn't even considered the rest thing. And this just ties right in with everything else we were talking about earlier in episode 14, as well as continuing on the conversation with today's episode. So once again, Jeff, I thank you for coming aboard. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, Kim. See ya. We'll see ya.